Well, we're uh, continuing this morning to consider the wisdom that we need for the new year. You look at what's ahead of us. There will be important decisions to make. There will be relationships to manage. There will be priorities and commitments. How many of you don't even want to start to move forward without knowing that God is in charge of your life? That's pretty important, isn't it? We think uh, it may be we think in our own nature, in our own carnal nature, that we want to do our own thing. Yet we need God. We need Him as uh, the shepherd of our lives. And He has promised uh, to lead us and to guide us through all that we face and experience. We started last week uh, a study in Proverbs uh, chapter 3. and We want to continue with that as we're looking at ten very important principles for wisdom. I also want us to spend a little time in James chapter 3 that talks about the kind of wisdom which comes from above, not the worldly wisdom that so many settle for. You know, some Christians uh, today would uh, probably just as soon as uh, be clever as be wise. How many of you know that wisdom is something much more than being clever? You can be clever to figure things out and get what you want. But it's the wisdom of God that will establish you and your fruitfulness in this world that God and God alone really knows how to establish you. There are so many exhortations in Scripture related to wisdom. Job chapter 28, verse 28 says, And he said to man, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. You know, I can remember when I was uh, first starting my university studies as a student, and I uh, ran into uh, someone who uh, thought he was a clever philosophy student. And when he, was, when he heard I was a Christian, you know, he wanted to give me a hard time. And he says, oh, well, do you believe in God? Well, I said, well, yes, of course I do. And he said, well, I don't. He says, because, uh, you know, God's nature is just impossible. It contradicts it- itself. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, think of it. And he was trying to use this old philosopher's uh, question. Uh, if God is all-powerful, could He create a rock too big for him to move. Now, does that sound like a clever question? Not to a Christian who understands what I understood. And I said, well, you don't realize this. God is all-powerful, but he's also all-knowing and wise. God wouldn't be stupid enough to create a rock too big to move. It's the wisdom of God's character that we as believers understand and trust The world doesn't understand that. The world tries to separate power from knowledge. And we realize that in God we see the fullness of all good things. Aren't you grateful for a God who has all knowledge and all wisdom overseeing your life? 
Aren't you grateful that you can go to Him for the wisdom you need to make the little decisions in your life? You know, it's amazing to me how whenever I really start to look to the Lord in prayer regarding the problems and needs in my life, it's just I get this sensation of really how small my problems and decisions are compared to the greatness of God. Now, Satan has the opposite influence. He tries to make your problems, your decisions, so big and so overwhelming you feel hopeless. And that's why we need the mind of God, the wisdom of God, which God promised to face the challenges that are in our lives. Jesus said something important in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man that built his house on the rock. How many of you want to be wise enough to build on the rock? How many of you have built on the sand a few times? You know what happens. The storm comes and the sand washes away and everything that's built on it. You know, the older I get, the more I want to build what's solid, what will last what is really going to be blessed by God. And, uh, you know, Ginger and I uh, have a friend, uh, and she was talking about struggling with one of her kids, and she just simply said, you know what? She said, uh, that would be stupid, and God doesn't bless stupid. She says, I'm praying that my son will have wisdom to make good decisions. How many of you know that God doesn't bless stupid? We can make those bad decisions over and over again. We can ask God to bless him, but God wants to bless the wisdom that he implants in our lives that he can really build on. You know, to know Jesus is to know God's wisdom. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. To know Jesus is to know wisdom and to experience Jesus and his transformation in our lives is to become like him, therefore more wise. Do you realize that a growing Christian is growing in wisdom? Sometimes we separate spirituality in such a way that we think that it's, you know, there's something mysterious, this deeper life mystery. We realize The wholeness that comes with being transformed to be more and more like Jesus gives a wholeness and a completeness as we trust in God. Isn't it something? The more we trust in God, the more trustworthy we are because the more like God we actually become. And then the Apostle Paul speaks to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And he says, Timothy, you need to be grateful for your upbringing and the wisdom of God that's in you because of that. As he said, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. How many of you had the blessing of being raised with instruction in the Word of God? I was. And I know that that instruction made me wise beyond my understanding. You know, we see people uh, often that are educated beyond their intelligence. Isn't that true? 
God wants us to be wise in the knowledge of his word so that as our character forms, as we make decisions, we really manifest his purpose in this world. How many of you prefer wisdom to knowledge? How many of you prefer the spiritual training of the Scripture to any type of worldly education you might get? You know, that's exactly what, what uh, we're told in Proverbs, that we need to set that priority to love wisdom more than knowledge. Our world is so infatuated with, uh, with genius, and what is really needed is wisdom. I was reading an interesting uh, study in a leadership uh, book recently about what major corporations pay for in the chief executive officer. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. What is the greatest attribute, the greatest quality they look for? And as I read th- these studies over and over again, they were saying that corporations need an executive who can make good decisions and follow through on That's wisdom, isn't it? Good to see. They don't realize it, but they're looking for men and women of wisdom who can lead and lead well. How important that really is. One of my uh, favorite uh, preachers uh, is in Florida, Wayne Cadero. And about a year ago, I visited uh, their uh, commencement ceremony for their college there, Pac Rim Christian College. And uh, Wayne Cadero gave the commencement address. And uh, he talked about how he was a young man in his church being sent out. And he says his pastor sat down with him and had a very important conversation with him. And he said that really has stuck with, with him for his whole life. Then he pulled four sticks out of his pocket and he laid them on the pulpit. And he said, this is what my pastor shared with me. And this is what I want to share with you. Four sticks that will keep you on God's path. And uh, as he shared about the foundation of a relationship with God and the wisdom that's needed, he said, this is what my pastor told me to do. Number one, stick with the Lord. (laughs) He's your Savior. Follow Him. Obey Him. And so that's the first stick. Second stick, stick with your life partner. It says the person you marry is God's choice for you. Stay with them. Don't doubt that partnership. But love and, and share with that person as your life partner. Number three, the third stick is stick with your calling. What God has called you to be and do, be faithful with that. Don't keep experimenting with your life trying to do things which will distract you. Stick with your calling. And the fourth stick was stick with the Word of God. He said, you will be confused over different doctrines, different teachers, different movements. Just keep going back to the Word of God and you'll be safe. Those are pretty good sticks that we all need, huh? Stick to the Lord. Stick with your life partner. Stick with your calling. Stick with your Word. With the word of, stick with the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I think I'll always remember that message. And I know those graduates will too. That's the kind of wisdom that keeps us on track. Now, 
Turn with me to uh, James and the third chapter. And I want us to notice what God wants us to know about the nature of this wisdom. James chapter 3, verse 13. Before we get back to our ten principles in Proverbs, notice it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by the deeds done, in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder, and every evil practice. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. We're given a choice here. There's two kinds of wisdom. There's one kind of wisdom that results in disorder in every evil practice. That's worldly wisdom, which may at first appear to be something attractive and something desirable, something that we want to be successful, to get ahead, to have what we want. But ultimately, it leads to the kind of disorder and evil that only only leads to destruction. The other kind of wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God, leads to what? A harvest of righteousness. What are you going to choose? (laughs) The wisdom which comes from God brings peace. It brings order. It brings healing and harmony and righteousness. Okay, now, you all know about the IQ test, right? The IQ, our schools are struggling, confused over how do we test the knowledge and the intelligence of our young people as they go through their schooling. Well, this is the wisdom test. What's the wisdom test? The result, the fruit. The fruit of worldly wisdom is evil and corruption. <laughs> the fruit of godly wisdom is peace and of righteousness. How many of you want to pass that test? Huh? We spend too much time entertaining ideas and approaches to life that only lead to confusion when God has given us His wisdom that we can really trust. Sometimes God's wisdom just really surprises us. And you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter how old or how young a person is, they can manifest God's wisdom. Um, I'll never forget, and our Jennifer was just in junior high, and there was a big scare uh, in among her friends and in her class because there was a boy on her bus that decided that he would start a list of writing down all the names of the kids that he hated and eventually the kids that he wanted to kill. And this was a frightening thing. This was you know right after Columbine and all of the fear over... These kinds of things happening in school. And parents were calling back and forth and were concerned and they were planning a meeting. And 
We were concerned for our daughter coming home from the bus, on the bus again with that same boy. And she came in the door and she had a big smile and peace on her face. And we said, well, how did it go? She said, fine. And we started asking her about this boy and the trouble. She said, oh, no, it's all over. I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, I talked to him and I told him I hadn't done anything to him and I asked him to take my name off his list and he did. What was that? Wisdom and boldness. She solved the problem. And it was, you know what? It was a middle school problem. She she knew what God wanted her to do just to straighten it out. And that's how wisdom breaks through. How many of you know when we don't use wisdom, problems have a way of compounding? We make a decision and things get worse. We get advice from the wrong person. We have that little tug in our hearts where we know what God wants us to do and we hesitate or we do something else and it leads to greater confusion. Can I just be practical? How many of you know that little check in your heart where you just know? And it may not seem to be the right thing to others, but you just know that that's what God wants you to do. That's how we grow in wisdom and we practice wisdom by doing what God wants us to do. God, the Holy Spirit will never lead us wrong. Sometimes we get confused in our minds and our feelings. And, you know, we, we even begin to, to project and say, well, God told me this. No, no. You need to know that you know because your life is grounded in God's Word and you know the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Good Shepherd, call it, and you do what God wants you to do. You'll never be disappointed. Wow. Now, let's go back to Proverbs, to our list of ten principles. And let's finish up the list as we think about the important things that God wants us this year to learn and to accomplish. I know some of you are really diving into Proverbs and getting a lot of wisdom from Proverbs. You know, one helpful exercise is uh, because there's about as many chapters in Proverbs as there are days in the month, just to read one proverb a day. If you do that every day for 12 months, think about what kind of insight, what kind of character development could, could, could develop. Absolutely. And so we need to spend time with this book of wisdom. The first principle that we mentioned is the principle not to be wise in our own eyes from verses 7 and 8. The danger of pride, being sensitive, realizing that God wants to to stay humble before Him and others. Second principle was to honor the Lord with our wealth. Honor Him in our giving. Here we have the tithe and the offering. And I know many of us have made a, a new commitment in this new year to honor God in our giving. And He has a way of blessing us materially as we honor Him in this way and really keeping our lives in His order. Number three, third principle, is to not despise the Lord's discipline, verses 11 and 12. This is the instruction and the correction of the Lord as we realize that who the Lord loves, He corrects. Isn't that important to know? Does God love you enough to correct you? Absolutely. And we parents know what that means, don't we? Because we love our children, we correct them. 
and God even more than we do. And so, number six, the sixth principle. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped over four. Oh, here we go. Number four is honor the Lord with your wealth. Did I skip another? Oh, no. I'm getting all mixed up here. Oh, I know what I did. I started. Yeah, I started on three. Okay, can we back up? Let me do this over, okay? The first principle is to regarding love and faithfulness. Verses 3 and 4. And how they work together. The second principle is to trust the Lord with our whole heart and in all our ways acknowledge Him. The third principle is to not be wise in our own eyes. The fourth principle is to honor the Lord with our giving. The fifth principle is to not despise the Lord's discipline. The sixth principle, and this is where we really focused last week, search diligently for the wisdom of God and find it. This is where we place a high value on God's wisdom and we are determined to seek it. Let me tell you, the, the, the shortcut to the wisdom of God, now hear this, the shortcut to the wisdom of God is a yielded heart engaged in the study of God's Word. Do you hear what I'm saying? You want wisdom? God's Word is the great resource that He's given us where we understand His ways. And so we need to dive in and study and seek for the wisdom that He has for us. Okay. The next principle, number seven, is the principle to have no fear by fearing God. Isn't that a wonderful truth of life? You realize if you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. There's no force in this universe to be concerned about if you know that you fear God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Principle 8, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. Verses 27 and 28. When When you have the power, this is what the verse says, when you have the power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back some other time and I'll help you. But help them at their time of need, a readiness to help others. There's wisdom in this in our relationships. Principle 9 is also about relationships, and it's really a warning that if you have the wisdom of God, you will not seek to do any harm uh, towards your neighbor. You know, God has a way of, through His love and wisdom, removing any kind of grudge, or revenge or bitterness that causes disputes among people. That's not God's wisdom working in your heart if you're looking some way to get back or or something mean to say or something that would be hurtful to someone. And so 
We need to yield that to God and instead be instruments of His wisdom. And then the tenth principle is simply from verses 31 and 32. Do not envy the evil and do not choose their ways. It's the wisdom of God to be grateful, to be content, and uh, to live a life of moderation. And if there's something in our heart that begins to become resentful, we see, you know, sometimes we look out and we see evil people prospering. And they seem to be getting away with it. And it goes on and on and on. And Satan would tempt us to do a little bit of that of ourselves to get something for ourselves. We realize that God doesn't want us to envy the wicked. He wants us to to pity them, to feel sorry for them, to realize how misguided they are. With godliness and contentment, there is a grace which really is uh, it's a, it's a beautiful quality in the life of the Christian who has discovered true wisdom. Well, how many of you can say, based on these ten principles, we've got a lot to work on in the new year? Don't we all? Hey, let's do some growing, okay? Personally, as a congregation, as families, and let's let's hold each other to this standard, this principle. I, you know what? I expect you to be wise, <laughs> to make good decisions, to handle your relationships properly, to really honor the Lord in all of the decisions that you make. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the way that you have called us to, O oh God. We thank you that this is not something beyond your empowerment, O oh God, to fulfill. Because as you call us to live this way, you give us the power to do it, O oh God, through the new nature we have in Christ. Lord, help us to humble ourselves even this morning that we might grow. Help us, O oh God, to forgive others and not bear grudges. Help us, O oh God, to, to be wise in our relationships, O oh God, in our families and in our neighborhoods and in the workplace. And Lord, right here in our own church where we really behave in a way that's becoming of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Worship team is going to lead us in a song. And you feel good in your soul this morning as you face this new year? You feel good knowing that God is able. That God's promises are good for us even now. Amen. Let's sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful good choice, isn't it? To turn our eyes upon Jesus. We need to do it every day and in every way. As this song continues, 
Just take a moment to open your heart to God and say, God, Lord, help me to know how you see my life and what you want me to do at this point to be obedient. Lord, we thank you for this time together, O God. And Lord, as we continue to sing this song, Lord, may it truly be our response and worship to you as we turn our eyes upon you, O God. Lord, as we dismiss, help us, O God, to realize that, Lord, our eyes need to be on you. Lord, as we are here and as we, Lord, as we leave this place and go back to our responsibilities and activities, O God, may our eyes continue to be on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sing it one more time. God bless you this morning. Thank you.